It's your boy Rabino. And this DJ Erm in the building. And you listen to the Up and Up podcast. Yeah. Wait, what are we doing? I don't know. Just listen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What it do, what it do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning to the Up and Up podcast on the Up and Up Network. I'm your host, Rabino. And I'm DJ Erm, man. What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. You know How's me. Doing? What am I? Blessed, man. See? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is too scripted now, bro. <laughs> they know. But no, yeah, definitely I'm blessed. Always blessed. Feeling good. Good energy in the room. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the team. Everybody in here. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. As I stated, this is the Up and Up podcast. This is the podcast where we're focused on cultivating culture, right? We do that by providing amazing stories of individuals, groups, movements, right? Yes, um, sir. The hustlers, the shakers, right? Mm-hmm. People who are taking up space, uh, breaking down barriers, <laughs> Not only for all of us currently here, but for the next generation, right? Um, that's what we do it for. Um, super excited. Again, I'm feeling good. 2024, right? We're here. I feel like until January is over, we're just going to keep acknowledging that it's a new year. <laughs> I, you know, that's my rule. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited, super honored. Um, you know, again, we have some very powerful people in the room. Uh, another unique journey we're, we're going to be able to share, right, and amplify. Mm-hmm. And uh, today's guest um, is a super impactful a dynamic duo whose work is not only designing and reshaping our communities, businesses, but uh, more so their stories and narratives um, and the legacies that exist. Uh, They're definitely folks who are keeping everything they're doing on the up and up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, To give a little more insight, today we're joined by the amazing co-founders and leaders of La Union Studio, uh, which is an innovative, relationship-driven studio bringing authenticity through the medium of design and architecture, right? Um, And just kind of keeping it on or going more in depth in terms of the, the impact of their work. Um, I would say like in a world where, you know, accurate representation is really scarce. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, these two are definitely making their contributions and reshaping how this world will, um, will and should look, you yeah. know, moving forward. And mm-hmm. I think that's important. Uh, we're honored to have them in the building. Super honored. Uh, super excited. I feel like it's long overdue. But it's right on time. Yeah. Right, right on time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So without further ado, let's get straight to it. Our guest is none other than Sonia Lynn Abnahar and Sergio Max Lagon Talamoni. Can we get a round of applause, right? <laughs> How you guys doing? We're doing well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Been a long week, but um yeah. grateful to be here. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a pleasure to have you guys, yeah, man. Pleasure to have y'all. Yeah. Yeah. How's the day going? The day is going good. Good. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the day. It's been a week. Yeah. I mean, we've been moving into our new space, uh-huh. Mount Baker. Yeah, congrats um, on yeah, that. Yeah, we you. were building it out for the last four months now. So we're finally in there, like 95% done. Okay. Um, but it's just nice to be out of the house. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. It's Friday. It's Friday, too. I got to put on clothes now. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got to, like, get ready for the day. Yeah, that's crazy. Put on jeans and stuff. Right. Yeah, hard pants. <laughs> No, we're super excited to have you guys. Thank you for coming and sharing your time with us. Um, so before we get started, if you're familiar with the show, we start every episode with the quote of the day, right? Something okay. to get the vibe right, get the conversation started. Um, Brother Man Erm, he's a man yes, of the sir. quotes. What yes, you got sir. for us, man? All right. The quote of the day today is, start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. 
Mm. Who's that quote uh, by? Uh, Arthur Ashe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you run that back yeah, one more yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, please? yeah. All right. The quote is, start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. Mm. Yeah. That's a good one. What do you guys think about that quote? It just makes me think about being present in the moment mm. and not, um, you know, re- reflecting on the past, but also just being in the now and ha- doing what you have or doing what you can with what you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. And for me, it reminds me of it's never too late. Mm. Um, that it's all a process and a journey, and that um, you can start today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where you are is where you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. For real. Be where your feet are. Yep. Definitely. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's good. Um, that's a good quote. Um, so before we get into your guys' journey, obviously, like I said, th- this this show, this platform is built on that. Um, people's journeys and the paths they've carved. Um, like I said, it is the new year, twenty twenty four starting off. Um, last episode we were we we were talking about kind of what our twenty twenty four mantras were, if we had any. Um I'm just curious, do you guys have, you guys coming to this new year, like, do you have something that is, like, keeping you, like, focused and something, like, maybe a, a mantra or a message or something like that? I mean, definitely. I yeah. mean, uh, I think lessons learned from 2023 was, at least for me, um, was, you know, in this process of growing something that you love and something that you're passionate about, you can get swayed and pulled in so many d- different directions mm. uh, by so many different entities and energies. Uh, and so coming into 2024, I think, at least for me, um, I really want to be intentional about just setting boundaries with, uh, you know, things that may, you know, get me off my kilter mm. or uh, things that kind of, you know, derail me from my mission, mm-hmm. our mission. Mm-hmm. and um, just putting as much time and energy and focus into those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I love, you know, people who reach out and, um, you know, try to you know, seek advice and seek knowledge, um, I give what I can, yeah. and uh, but sometimes it's a little overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so just being really intentional about who and, and where we go, yeah. who we uh, – decide to, um, you know, interact with, you know, uh, I know who's in my corner, you know, my loved ones, my family, and we know who's been down since day one. Mm-hmm. So really want to put our energy into that and, um, and focus on that. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, um, this year is really doubling down on the businesses, myself, and mm-hmm. really understanding like who I am, what I can give. Um, and, and just being authentically myself because yeah. I think, I, you know, reflecting back on different environments that I've been in, you know, there's a lot of code switching. Mm. There's a lot of just, you know, thinking about what other people think about you. And now I feel like I'm in a place where I can just be myself mm. in all different arenas and, and in front of different people because mm. now it's like our business. It's it's who we are. We built it for a reason. Yeah. Um, so that's where I am. I'm I just I'm here for me and for the businesses. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nice, nice. I love it. Um, so I, I kind of want to take it back. Um, you guys want to touch on you know your upbringing, uh, growing up in Seattle and stuff like that. So 
Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. I mean, I grew up uh, bouncing around South Seattle, mm. um, be splitting time between Beacon Hill and Tukwila. Um, and I went to uh, a small school on Beacon Hill called St. George, mm. uh, private Catholic school. And I think that really formed a, a great foundation for myself and, and my siblings in um, – you know, growing up in a very diverse neighborhood of Beacon Hill and, and you know, Rainier Valley and spending my childhood there has really formed my uh, sort of global perspective on the world and mm. appreciation for different cultures, uh, music and food and all that, in, you know, comes with growing up in a very rich uh, and economic, um, economically vital neighborhood. Mm. And so um, I think that there's through lines in a lot of the work we do uh, from just my personal upbringing and I'm sure Sonia's as well. Um, and, and representation, you know, to mm -hmm. your point, mm -hmm. uh, what the show is all about, I think is, you know, reverberates in our work mm -hmm. and wanting to uh, make sure that, you know, the stories of our people in our community are, are being told mm -hmm. uh, and told in a very authentic way. Um, uh, but continuing on, I, I went to Seattle Prep as a, you know, in, for high school. Um, I have mixed feelings about, you know, just my experiences there, but I do appreciate uh, the sort of educational aspect that I learned. And mm. um, and then I, I continued on in uh, at Seattle University. Uh, I studied humanities. Um, and again, that kind of reinforced a lot of my, uh, you know, interest in, uh, you know, philosophy and culture and history mm -hmm. and I think that was that formed the bedrock to uh, to my uh, you know some of my foundation in architecture mm. um, and uh, and yeah I mean then you went to architecture school and then I went to <laughs> architecture <laughs> school yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to architecture school uh, I forgot to mention I'm uh, my family comes from uh, I'm, I'm multi-ethnic you know my mom is from American Samoa and my father's from Cuba okay uh, and they met um, you know, randomly in Hawaii, I don't know how, but, um, and I think, uh, you know, the cultural aspect is definitely something that uh, has informed our work, mm -hmm. um, connections to culture and, and family, uh, uh, mentoring the youth is something big in, in Samoan culture, so, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to find opportunities to uh, showcase that uh, young people have the power to change their their communities mm -hmm. and impact their communities in a direct way through architecture and design. Yeah, um, and so I think that's you know really important to what La Union Studio is all about. Yeah, no, definitely nice, and it's homegrown. Mm -hmm. So how how would you say like and and Sonny, you can answer this too. Yeah. Like how how would you say like growing up in Seattle shaped you? Because I mean it's, it's a totally different right. Seattle now than it probably was back then. Yeah, I mean I grew up in South Seattle. Um, went to Graham Hill, and yeah. we are now reunited, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, the diversity was just innate, right? Mm -hmm. And I think when I left Seattle, I went to, you know, Graham Hill, to Mercer, to Franklin, so homegrown. Um, and then I went to the Bay for college, and I think that was the biggest culture shock that I've ever had, is going to University of San Francisco, where it was not diverse. I mean, like... Yeah. Higher ed is obviously very limited and, um, you know, certain people have access to that. So that really kind of shaped, like Sergio said, 
my understanding of the world and wanting to be in places that were more inclusive. Mm. Um, so finding community was really important for me. And so that's why I came back to Seattle because mm. I, I couldn't really figure out where I fit in in the Bay, in San Francisco and the East Bay. Um, and so I made it back and now yeah. we're here. We started a business in 2018, La Union Studio, where we focus on interiors and architectural design. Um, and now it's we're back in the community that we grew up in. We, you know, are able to we were able to acquire and build out our space in Mount Baker. Yeah. Um, so now we're imagining, you know, our studio as like a cultural hub, a place where community can come and learn about design. We're right by Franklin, yeah. so hopefully we can have like students intern. Yeah. Um, so that's big for us. It's like full circle. Full circle. Yeah, crazy. that's literally what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. so as we as we go for talking, I'm like, this is definitely a full circle moment. Um, touching on the cultural and just kind of the ethnic aspect, I'm curious, like for you both, um, like navigating and balancing and embracing like your own heritage and culture while being a first generation and trying to kind of find your way. I feel like, I mean, most all of us in here are mm -hmm. first generation immigrants, so. Like, what, what was your guys' experience with that growing up? I think for me, in particular, you know, growing up in South Seattle, uh, obviously, is a very uh, diverse community. But then going to a school like Seattle Prep was, you know, predominantly, um, you know, wealthy and predominantly white uh, school. And mm -hmm. so that, that, that was definitely a culture shock. Um, you know, a lot of code switching, as Sonia mentioned, uh, a lot of... Uh, deferring to you know other people mm -hmm. uh, and just being out of your comfort zone uh, and not really knowing who you are or you know being in a place that you can really be yourself mm -hmm. and so uh, I knew that I didn't want that you know leaving and um, I wanted to find pathways and, and create uh, a way for young people that look like me and talk like me and come from my cultural background uh, to really flourish and and you know, learn how to operate in a world that's predominantly not for us, mm. right? Yeah, um, that's good. So, yeah. yeah, for me, I mean, luckily, you know, Seattle has a big Filipino, Filipino-American population. The Bay Area does as well. So yeah. that was very comforting yeah. <laughs> to find that um, down there. And so, I, yeah, it's, I think with social media now and with, you know, just the internet, we have access to seeing more professionals in the industry, yeah. um, which is tight. And they're, you know, within the same generation as us because, yeah. you know, the, archi the architecture and design industry is very white, very yeah. male focused. And so having access and visibility yeah. um, and having that platform to showcase who we are mm -hmm. um, is really tight because, you know, what did we have before? Yeah. Like, the Internet websites no that's real yeah, yeah. exposure is everything mm -hmm. yeah For real um i'm curious to know um were you guys always kind of like did you guys kind of always know you guys were gonna do something within architecture and design or was there like other interests you guys were in mm -hmm. and like if so like how'd you guys make that pivot yeah it's a good question i mean i can go first um i mean i always knew i was creative mm -hmm. like i always gravitated to arts and crafts, just like things that mm. you could work with your hands, colors, textures, people, um, like, like Sergio mentioned, like humanity, like humanitarian um, side of things. Um, but I never really knew how that could translate into a profession. Mm. Um, Cause I, you know, being a Filipino American, 
the pathway is like you go to nursing school, right? Or you do something in the medical field. And I, I tried that. Yeah. I mean, I applied and then <laughs> yeah. I was like, took my application yeah. back. Um, and then I was like, maybe I should go into teaching because I like, you know, the influence I can have on the next generation. And then I was like, I'm not doing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, randomly someone was like, there's an architecture program at USF. Mm. And so I was like, let me go and see what okay. that's all about. Um, and I just kind of like really, it, cl- it clicked, it clicked. Yeah. everything. I was like top in the class, like first semester in, I was wow. like, this is exactly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice because that program was geared towards community development. Mm. Um, it was a program called architecture um, and community design. So essentially we would partner with a lot of nonprofit organizations, the school would, um, and basically do pro bono work for these organizations mm. in the city. Um, so that kind of got my mind like, oh, I like it. I like designing at the scale. And then I, I decided to go to grad school because I, I wanted kind of bigger picture. Um, I, I did a master's in urban planning. So city scale and then kind of building scale and then people scale. Mm. Um, and it just all clicked. So that's how. And then I worked public sector, which I was like, let me just do what I need to do. Like mm-hmm. get my you know, W-2 job and insurance and yeah. benefits. Yeah. And I did that. And I got there, and I was like, this is not it. Like, I'm not fully fulfilled creatively because I was working on, like, capital civil projects. Um, And then we started La Union on the side as we were building kind of our careers up and kind of just took off from there. Yeah. Um, No, that's that's dope. I'm actually curious, going back to kind of just the college years, right, Mm -hmm. Um, and higher education, um, you know, a lot of – folks who potentially listen or maybe watching, some of them may still be in school, right? Maybe students. And, I, and, and me doing research, um, and you went to uh, Woodbury, right? And I, I, I saw that you did an interview with them, um, and there was a quote that you said that really stuck out to me that I would love for you to kind of just touch on. Um, and the quote is, as a designer of color, I, have a, I had a difficult time uh, finding a mentor or a community that I could relate to. I found myself often feeling lonely when I was working in in a firm because I was the only black and brown person in the office. Um, I would love for you to speak to that because I think what you're getting at is mentorship and yeah. finding community and like finding um, a place where you feel embraced, right? Yeah. So can you just touch on the importance of that um, for those who may be who may be in that p- position right now? Absolutely. I think it, it kind of connects back to just my discomfort and, and this feeling of uh, loneliness at Seattle Prep. Mm. And I mean, even in college, too, uh, and not really having that person or entity that I could lean on for guidance or for, uh, I mean, other than my parents and, and you know, kind of my family. But in a professional sense or an educational sense, I didn't really have someone that I could relate to that mm. looked like me. Uh, or that came from the same sort of economic backgrounds or the cultural uh, background that I had. And so, um, and then even that continued on even in my professional career, like in in architecture, Mm -hmm. when I took my first job, you know, uh, I felt like obligated to kind of take, not necessarily take a pay cut, but work for uh, a mission-oriented architecture firm or something that was geared more towards the community Mm -hmm. because... I felt like that was missing in our community, <coughs> and um, and even so, I I I, so I worked at Environmental Works, which is a, a nonprofit architecture firm here in Seattle, mm-hmm. and 
um, they do great work. They do affordable housing, uh, the design of, you know, affordable apartment buildings. And, um, and I really appreciated that sort of lens and that perspective that they came. But I, uh, to Sonia's point, I still feel, I still felt like I was, um, kind of tokenized a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and no one in particular, but just the fact of, of, not having someone else around me that looked like me. Yeah. Um, and so I made it my mission through Light Union Studio when we started to uh, to try to find an opportunity or ways to uh, to mentor the next generation. Yeah. Uh, a lot of our work, uh, we've done work with Sawhorse Revolution. Uh, they're uh, a nonprofit architecture entity, and they they run um, educational workshops for the youth. Okay. Uh, I've been involved in um, some some other uh, programs through the AIA, AIA and Architects Without Borders that um, tried to find alternative avenues for architecture and, mm -hmm. and exposure for of architecture to people who you know may may not otherwise know that. So I made it my mission, you know, yeah. my, our personal mission to uh, to to open up uh, those avenues for others. Um, and even in the businesses that we work with, you know. Uh, the social teas, the Che Bogs, the mm -hmm. Baja Bistros. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to, uh, you know, have that represent representation aspect um, and to really uh, provide advocacy for people who are, you know, doing their their first project or working with their first architect. I think it's important to break down barriers and translate concepts and, yeah. and really make that accessible for, yeah. for people. So That's real. Yeah, yeah that's dope. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm kind of curious how uh, why La Union, like the name. The name. Yeah. Great question. Yeah, I can go. Um, so we started the business when we were still living at my parents' house. We were still working our W two jobs, and one of our friends, um, Bato from the the Chinatown International District, they're a hair and salon or their flower and hair boutique. Um, hit us up and was just like, hey, aren't you guys designers? Like, can you permit the space for us? Can you design it? Like, I don't know what to do. So we took on that project, and I don't even think we had a name at that point. It was just like we were just taking it on. Um, but La, La Union Studio is – La Union is a province that my parents are from mm -hmm. in the Philippines, and mm. so we, we felt like that name was really fitting at the time. Because we did go on our first trip out there to visit family, um, launch La Union after that, and it, it just means unity, you know. Okay. It means togetherness. togetherness. It, and you know, it's beyond just Sergio and I. It's like if when we grow and we are growing, yeah. you know, it becomes a culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I, I think that's the important thing about branding too, mm -hmm. right? Like it, it's got to be bigger than you, right? Yeah, for sure. Um. That's interesting, though. I kind of want to stay on that topic of of what I look at it is like networking across kind of, right? Like, it's like your friends reached out to you. Mm -hmm. And, like, how was that? If you could just take us back to those early days where um, you know you're more than capable, but until someone actually says, hey, are you right. ready now? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what was that like to, like, finally take that on? And then, like, looking back, they're a major part of where you guys are at now, right? Oh gosh, I, I think we owe a lot to <laughs> our first clients. Yeah, uh, shout out Bobby and Michael of Bato. Um, they really trusted us and believed in us to to help them, um, and in a way they helped us. Yeah. you know, in lots yeah. of ways. Um, we never thought we wanted to open 
a business. You know, entrepreneurship was never even a thought in my mind. I thought I was going to be go the W two route. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or um, you know, grow and and flourish in another firm. But I think there's something that we realized early on uh, in uh, in working on Bato, and that was the gap and the void in representation and the ex the lack of accessibility to architecture mm-hmm. uh, for people in our community. And we, you know, as soon as we finished Bateau, we got, you know, calls from Hood Famous, you mm. know, our friends Shara and Gio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got calls from uh, from Finn, uh, you know, the shout out Bao of Finn, Finn Vietnamese Coffee. Mm-hmm. Check it out if you guys haven't visited. Okay. Um, and uh, it's just amazing, like, you know, how powerful uh, just doing one project. All it takes is one person to believe, one. to believe <laughs> yeah. in you, right? Literally, that's yeah. all it takes. Um, and I think what was unique and beautiful about the Bateau experience was that um, a lot of what we did was just kind of setting the stage and, and creating a backdrop for uh, for Bateau and for Bobby and Michael. They're creatives themselves, and so we didn't want to, uh, you know, we wanted the space to feel like it was theirs, yeah. you know, yeah. and, w- and actually we want that to be the case for every project, yeah. you know, where, uh, the clients themselves play a role in the design process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it becomes this sort of collaborative, uh, experience. Um, yes, we're professionals and yeah. yes, we have a lot to bring to the table, but also, um, we want the space to feel like their, their patrons, uh, can see themselves in the yeah. project too. So, that's big. um, so I think that was the lesson learned from, from Bateau and, um, Again, we, we owe them a lot to yeah. uh, to where we are today. I just think it's dope because we live in a time now where I feel like you shouldn't overthink it and put yourself out there because you just never know who may need what you got. Right. You know what I mean? And especially if you got value to provide. Absolutely. So that's good. That's definitely good. Um, so w- what were, like, the step, the early steps that you guys took to, like, I guess, build it up after that? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Yeah, uh, like when st- when stuff starts coming at you, like, did you, <laughs> mm-hmm. did you have systems in place or like? Oh, systems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's a good question because I think there's a misconception too when people scale up and they're just moving. People only see the wins, but like, mm-hmm. what, what would you say what that was like? I mean, like I mentioned earlier, we were working full time. Yeah. <laughs> we were taking meetings, like we were hiding. We were taking quick lunches to take calls, um, and it was. A lot of work like just the hours that we put in yeah. um, that people don't see like people just see the shiny things that yeah. we post on Instagram um, but it was a lot of dedication and just believing in the advocacy for these small businesses because a lot of the first our first clients were friends and families mm-hmm. who were opening up their first brick and mortar um, so I think we both took certain things from our day jobs. Like I was a project manager. I am a project manager. Um, so I really understood like the design process and Sergio's really good at like the technical side of things like mm. permitting and construction and design. And so we kind of just combined our forces yeah. and built something really powerful to where we've helped like dozens of small businesses open up a f- their first space yeah. um, or first and second spaces in the city. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely kind of very organic, uh, yeah. of, you know, at the beginning, yeah. uh, and kind of operating on intuition and, yeah. uh, and emotion. Um, and then we got to a point where, uh, you know, we were fortunate to get a couple projects that allowed me to leave my day job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sonia held down the fort for a while. Um, 
but even at that point we still didn't have systems and processes <laughs> in yeah. place yeah. you yeah. know and so we you know at some point we decided um let's get serious let's um you know let's uh get get more rigorous about how we operate as a business and mm -hmm. so we we hired our uh, our business coach who we're mm -hmm. still working with mm -hmm. uh, shout out young and Maeve and Maeve from owners hey. club and hey. Jamie uh, shout out owner to them. <laughs> yes, of owners club uh and they really emphasize the importance of uh, operational rigor mm -hmm. and uh, systems and processes and dashboards mm -hmm. to provide that transparency into your business mm -hmm. you know from a financial aspect to a marketing aspect to you yeah. know just all the operational aspects of running a business and so uh, you know we didn't go to pro uh, business school yeah. at all and so that was something very new to us but um it's kind of fun you know it's kind of fun building a business from the ground up and yeah um you know, like you say, everyone sees the wins, but yeah. you don't see the losses. <laughs> yeah. No, that's why I, I just like, I think that's what's most important is the context, you know? And I think in a day where it's like, there's just so much information out there, I think it's important for people to know, like, you can do whatever you want, whatever you put your mind to, right. but you should know, like, what what comes with it mm -hmm. and what may be required, you know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think I think that is important. Thank you guys for sharing that because... I feel like some people kind of hesitate to start because they expect it to be perfect in the beginning. Right. But it's yeah. like you kind of got to go through that, and that's how you kind of like refine everything. And so thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's all about the journey. I think some mm -hmm. people, and even myself at early on, was just like, what's the end goal, yeah. right? What do we want it to look like at the end, whether it's the project or whether it's our business as a whole. But I think what helps me sleep at night is just like the day to day, like, okay, I got mm -hmm. through the day. Yep. Like yeah. I got through this list of things yep. that need to get through right. and there's a new day tomorrow. Yes. And you know, brick by brick is what my brother-in-law says. And mm -hmm. he was very inspirational because he started his own business mm -hmm. uh, out of the Bay area. It's a, a physical therapy. So we were able to kind of like see what he was doing yeah. and took and the back seat and max, <laughs> um, poke it to the max. Um, and, Having those kind of entrepreneurial people in our network yeah. just Around was them. really inspiring and promising. Like, yeah. we, if they can do it, then we can definitely yeah. do it. No, definitely. And I also feel like a lot of those things are, like, just universal, right? right. They're, like, formalities. You just have to kind of get certain ducks in a row right. so that you can go have fun and do what you really do mm -hmm. really well. So that's good information. Um, I am curious, though, for those who may be aspiring to get into the architecture space and design space, um, like I get from, like I said, from the outside looking in, I wouldn't know what it takes to do what you guys do. Right. Um, but what would you say is like one of the, or some of, or one of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to the world of design and architecture that you think most folks just wouldn't know about, yeah. right? Like you said, everything looks shiny, looks, looks nice and whatnot, but I'm sure there's a lot more to it. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And I think, uh, a lot of people don't really know what architects do just in general mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people think we still draw on blueprints yeah and those yeah. have been phased out since like the 70s okay. and 80s okay. <laughs> uh, but that's okay and i think it's it, it's honestly our own fault as designers and architects it's our egos uh we get so pompous and you know it you know the media feeds into it and mm -hmm. they put a lot of architects on the pedestal um which is okay and you know it's not a bad thing but um I think that's a, a, a big misconception. Um, I think a lot of people think there's a lot of math and a lot of science involved, but yeah. really architecture is uh, kind of a blend of a lot of different disciplines. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a blend of math, science, art, mm -hmm. uh, people, mm -hmm. culture. Um, 
And I think what makes a really successful project, at least for Light Union Studio, is uh, is does the community see themselves in the project? Have were they involved in kind of the planning and the design of the space? Mm. Uh, does the finished product reflect the community that the that the building or the space is in? Mm. And I think you know a lot of other architects may see uh, success in a different light. You yeah. know, they may may think, oh, it's about much money they made on the project or um, how much press they got mm, on the project mm, but mm. for us I think it's did we help this business or homeowner uh, achieve their goals mm. uh, and does it look beautiful yeah <laughs> yeah uh, definitely and you know what's crazy about the art aspect at least like you don't really know what's going to resonate right right or what's going to connect and when it will connect right because right? you you guys are creating things that you know are going to last for a long time and right. it may it may like really connect with someone at a different point. So right. that's the beautiful thing about it. Right. And that's the beauty of like architecture and, and a building, right? There's layers uh, of complexity to a building. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when, when a small business opens their space, it may look one way, but in five, 10 years, it could look a whole different yeah. way, you know? And that's the sort of organic beauty of, uh, of what architecture can provide for, uh, for a small business. Yeah, mm. that's real. Um, I also want to ask you guys, um, well, even like researching the business, seeing it, uh, you guys say relationship focused. So can you guys speak to how important like relationships are? Yeah, I was going to go there in regards to like the number one thing that we do as designers is listen, because I feel like sometimes like the ego comes in and people are just like, I'm just going to design. It's like a blank canvas. I'm mm. just going to put what I like and what I know is going to look good. Um, but for us, it's the relationships with the business owners that we really value. I mean, mm. we're friends and we're like at the end of the projects, we're giving hugs and we're yeah. like invited to things. Yeah. Um, so it gets really deep, like mm. the, the relationships that we build with our clients. And like I mentioned earlier, like listening about listening to their story, like the why, why they got started, how mm. they got started. Um, a lot of the, the small businesses are cultural tastemakers, like Hood Famous, like Bato, like Finn, Che Boggs, Baja. They all have a cultural element mm. to all of their products and, and the services they provide. And so we like to use our platform as a way to uplift and elevate their story. Mm. Um, and that's through the personal connections that we make. Because um, otherwise, I mean, how else would we learn about, you know, Yeah the different ways we can use architecture as a medium and mm. their space as a canvas, right? Mm. I mean, even, uh, you know, the Hood Famous Project in particular, Sharon Geo would have us over at their house for like three hours. Mm. You know, they would feed us and we'd have meeting, you know, design, design meeting, the mm. design charrettes like in the middle of dinner. So, you know, it's just kind of that beauty that you find in, in those, those moments with people that yeah. really help and inform the design process. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. Definitely does. For real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think an another misconception is that people think that these projects take, you know, two weeks, oh, yeah. a month. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, it sounds you know. like, it sounds like, like when artists are making albums, kind of. Right. You know? Like some artists take forever to make an album. Right. You know, but it comes out amazing. Right. So. We're still waiting on Frank Ocean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I gave up on him. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And a part of, our platform on social is really showcasing the process because they, you know, when you see architecture or interior design, it's like the finished, beautiful, curated 
you know, final completion photos. You don't yeah. really get to see the nitty gritty of like the permitting process, like picking out the contractor, yeah, like all the different steps that it takes to build the space. Mm -hmm. um, and so we would definitely want to use, you know, our, our platform to showcase that there are steps to take yeah. um, to get us here to serve you the food when the space opens. Yeah, and I'm actually curious. Um, I, d I was reading up on you guys, and one of the terms that was used to, d to describe kind of the value you guys bring is you demystify um, the process, right? You're talking about permits and things of that nature, and I feel like that is a roadblock for a lot of small business owners, especially mm -hmm. like underrepresented BIPOC owners right. who already got a bunch of other stuff they're dealing with. Right. And, you know, they probably weren't privy to a lot of this stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Um, can you just talk a little bit about, like, how you've seen that become effective for you guys? Yeah, definitely. I think there's, um, I mean, you hit it on the head. And in, in addition to that, there's a lot of distrust in systems that are in place, yeah. right? In government yeah. agencies, in bureaucracies. And so we're here to help navigate that in a, a genuine way, um, in a way that makes it, uh, more fun for our clients and, and less stressful because mm. um, those things are really, um, you know, they're checks and balances to, to uh, you know, make our neighborhood safer, but also they're huge barriers. You know, mm. you know, Seattle is uh, a city that is um, airs on the side of caution, you know, w with respect to development and building and, and just making sure that, uh, you know, processes are inclusive. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes that, that ends up, you know, to the mom and pop shop who's just trying to make ends meet mm -hmm. and, and open up a, a market or a restaurant. Um, sometimes that becomes a barrier. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen that. Uh, and so how can we uh, navigate that and balance all the sort of moving parts mm -hmm. uh, to a project and, and help uh, achieve their goals? Yeah. You know, uh, and a lot... You know, a lot of what we do is is um, not just relationship building with our clients, but it's with um, the contractors involved mm -hmm. or the engineers that we need to hire to mm -hmm. design the HVAC systems mm -hmm. um, or uh, I, don't, I can't think of anything else. But, <laughs> but you know, it's a lot of uh, relationship building beyond just uh, working with our clients. And yeah. so um, we try to help uh, put things in place and, and balance all the moving parts for us. No, clients. for sure. Yeah. I was going to also mention the importance of plain language <laughs> because mm. architecture and design can get really technical yeah. and there's a lot of jargon and there's a lot of um, just like barriers in place, bureaucracies that, you know, like you mentioned, we just want our clients to run their business. They yeah. we we like to say that we kind of help them do the hard stuff so that they can run their business yeah. and push their products and, and do what they need to do to make money. Um, and plain language is big because we're translating like the technical de details around why they need certain mechanical systems mm -hmm. or why they can't have certain plumbing fixtures yeah. and things yeah. like that. Um, or even just getting through the King County public health process that, mm. that goes hand in hand in what we do. Um, so it's fun for us. I mean, I don't mind navigating it um, and, you know, educating our clients and sharing and making sure that they're aware of all the different things um, as it relates to, you know, the financial implications mm. of hiring a contractor, yeah. what the costs are. Um, are these typical costs or is a contractor like playing you, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we, yeah. we like to be that gut check for them yeah. and we're happy to do it. That's dope. That's dope. Off the top of your head, can you, can you recall like how many different spots you've, you've been a part of? 
Ooh. Like, do you just walk around? Do you just walk by? Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but one of the things we love to do is, you know, when family and friends from out of town come and yeah, come, yeah. come visit, we'll we'll take them on a little like union tour and yeah. Um, and I think it's a great uh, way to act as ambassadors to our city yeah, and, and sure. really celebrate the the vibrancy and, and the diversity of of the people and the food and the culture is here. You know, you know, Seattle. A lot of people think Seattle is, you know this tech hub and yeah it's predominantly white yeah and mm-hmm. rains a lot and yeah. all that but i i think w- with us we try to showcase that the colorful side of of seattle and um and so off the top of our head i mean like a dozen i want to say a dozen yeah. at least a dozen um uh restaurants or food service yeah i mean we also do residential work so we've done some houses uh some remodels and, nice. such and things like that but I think it, what's fun for us is the commercial um, side of things, yeah. you know, the restaurants, the, uh, the office spaces, because you really get to invite the public to play a role and mm. to take part in that process. Yeah, no, it's a moment. I don't know, me personally, I look at it from like a revolutionary standpoint. I do feel like you guys are revolutionary in a way. Oh, man, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Sure. <laughs> you know, when you throw those words out there, people are like, oh, I'm like, no, yeah. seriously, though. Like, yeah. I think when you think, because like we're, we're in the now, so it may not feel like that, but when you think Bang. about it, 20 years from now and you see the way things are looking and the way things are normalized that's revolutionary you know? yeah yeah definitely um also i wanted to ask you guys like if i was a aspiring architect designer and i wanted to get into the field like what would you guys pretty much tell me like for advice exposure mm-hmm. is it i mean um any type of exposure you can get in the industry of design, whether it's an architecture firm, interior design. Or even, uh, I was told, um, kind of. I mean, I found architecture kind of later on, but I was always told that uh, as an architect, it's valuable to go work as a for a contractor or mm. for a construction mm-hmm. company because mm. you really learn how uh, things get put together, mm-hmm. how things are made, how things are constructed and, and manifested. So uh, I, I would offer that yeah. to someone too. Um, yeah, I think there's always, um, like, there's the theoretical side of architecture where you get to learn about art history and how architecture evolved into what it is now. And then there's, like, the design today and what's trending. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, like, what Sergio mentioned, the side of building, like, the industry of construction. And th- a lot of the times those are very disparate. Like, they always kind of just hang out with each other by themselves. Um, but if you're able to get that, connection throughout of mm. throughout all of them i think you are like powerhouse mm. yeah. designer yeah and I, I would also say start small you know the uh, a scale of a, a furniture piece or an art piece mm. you know i think there's a design aspect in d- in, in creating something you know even this somebody thought how to make this yeah right, <laughs> right uh, really right. and we're seeing this with uh guys like michael bennett i don't know if you're familiar he's oh yeah he's his been foray into architecture he's been it's cooking. beautiful yeah. yeah it's awesome to see yeah um so and he's kind of starting at that the scale of furniture or, yeah. or small scale spaces and so i think that's always a a, a great um, starting point for people um right. but we're trying to change and introduce architecture to to the next generation earlier because yeah. a lot of times uh, young people don't even know that architecture is a, a possibility until yeah. they get to to college. Like myself, I didn't even know that you can be an architect and and, and you know yeah. impact your community in that way until later on. Oh yeah. Until Sonia was mm-hmm. doing architecture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also think if you're n- you know not able to get into the industry, just 
you know, the built environment is around you every day. So yeah. observation is huge for us too. like just studying the built environment, you know, lighting fixtures, how things are put together, because, you know, when you're in like not a nice space or, yeah. you know, when you're in a really beautiful space, like the way it makes you feel yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. like mm-hmm. the intuition a person has about entering like this beautiful space, like mm. what is it about it yeah. um, that you can dissect and actually, you know, figure out how to make or replicate that yeah. or take that as inspiration. Yeah. Sounds like you got to just be immersed in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All different yeah. areas. And I, I definitely want to praise you guys because I feel like um, all the businesses you guys work with actually do like walk away with something and they're like, I kind of feel like I know what kind of goes on with like design and architecture. Mm. So definitely. Uh, I just we, thought about that's that. That's what we, we hope. The last we hope. Question. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so, real. That's yeah. real. Um, I did want to kind of touch on, um, one thing I always like to touch on with guests is just learning more about kind of the balance. <clears throat> Most people who come up here, obviously they're working hard and they're busy, but, um, you know, the work life balance and obviously you guys being married, um, and being life partners, I'm curious, like when it comes to the work life balance, like how's that been in terms of like who tells who like, Hey, it's, yeah. we need to chill. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Cause you guys are both ambitious and working. Right. So how does that look for you guys or how do you balance it? I, I've said this in the past, but I just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I works. think we both know our strengths. Like over time, you know, like in working together in a professional setting is very different. I mean, I think we're both creative naturally, but we definitely know our strengths. Yeah. And so we're able to lean on each other when we don't have an answer to a question or, or need that support. Yeah. Um, so that's really key. I think early on we were able to identify like, we're both good designers. I love kind of curating and creating like the mood, the vibe, mm-hmm. um, material finishes and fixtures and all that stuff. And Sergio's like a powerhouse um, draft designer. He's good at drafting. He yeah. can make my ideas into like how you actually physically build it. Because yeah. I'm usually just like, you know, just make it look yeah. like this. Yeah. <laughs> like the vision. You got the vision. Right, 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 right. right. Yep. Yep. Got yeah. you, got you. Yeah, no, I think it's a good point to bring up about um, the boundaries uh, mm-hmm. or lack of boundaries, uh, especially us just being together in life. Um, you know, every day is a, is a challenge. Uh, every day is a commitment to uh, to supporting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes there, there there are times where, we, you know, we go at it, and <laughs> she's like, no, it has to be this way. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> but... Um, no, I think, uh, you know, to Sonny's point, I think it's about recognizing each other's strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and how we can balance each other, uh, you know, in those moments of, of, cha- of, of challenge. Yeah. 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 And uh, we were working from home for the last five years yeah. <laughs> through yeah. COVID and yeah. Yeah. Um, just like creating a routine that works for us and yeah. understanding like our optimal times of how we work and when we work, the time of the day, you know. Yeah. Um, and now that we can separate it with having our own office space, I think it's like now we're we're, yeah. we're up, we're getting ready to go to work. Yeah. Like yeah. it's fun now <laughs> before yeah. it's like dragging our feet trying to get <laughs> how, it. To how do you guys? How do you guys find like time to like unplug Ooh. from the from the work? I guess it's the second part to the question. I mean, <laughs> like literally, we were talking about work on the way here. We're like, so about that project. Like, yeah. did you get to that email? Things mm-hmm. like that. And I think now it's a part of our life. Like. Yeah. Like, we don't really have weekly meetings yeah. about projects mm-hmm. because it's kind of just integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of read our each other's minds in a sense. Um, 
but I think we're working on that. And personally, yeah. like I would love to have a more creative outlet outside of architecture and design and building the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, it's not enough hours in a day, I guess. Yep. But in prioritizing myself and self-care, um, I'm trying to do that this year for sure. That's good. Yeah, no, I, I think also, uh, to my point, it just every day is a challenge, yeah. right? And I think lately we've been better at um, setting boundaries on the weekends and making sure that we physically turn off work. I think uh, getting up every day to go to a physical office space is going to help, I think, because mm. uh, this was week one of us doing that. Yeah. Um, and actually, when we came home, we, we actually didn't work right. uh, mm. uh, in the evenings when before we were working at home. Yeah, separate the two. Yeah, we're yeah, like, oh, yeah. we'll just get to it after dinner. Yeah. Like, oh, just yeah. before bed. Like, let me yeah. just do this real quick. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. real. No, I just bring that up because I think it is important to put it out there. Like, you got to have a balance, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can be grinding all the time. Yeah. Even yeah. though yeah. you want to. It's not about what you want all the time. Though. Yeah. I think you we know? live through travel, you know. Right. Uh, travel nice. has been kind of our uh, our remedy to, to the stressful, busy life. And so we try to, you know, whether it's a small trip or a large trip, I think we just try to segment our year or our quarter mm-hmm. with um, those moments of reprieve and, and freedom yeah. and joy. And it's laughter. important. Yeah, and inspiration. I mean, right. travel informs a lot of our design process. Oh, for sure. And oh, yeah. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I kind of want to ask, too, like, um, like, if I was a client, mm-hmm. like, what, what would you guys – um, demand from me, I guess, mm-hmm. as for like to get ready to start a project. That's a great question. Yeah. I think uh, a willingness to participate mm-hmm. and an openness to uh, to collaborate. Mm-hmm. I think um, unless there's a client who really just doesn't have the time or capacity, yeah. and they just want us to kind of take the lead, that's totally fine. But uh, we love when our clients take take part in the process, mm-hmm. and so. You know, for example, a, a restaurant project typically will ask uh, the client to deliver us uh, an equipment list, mm-hmm. uh, especially if it's like cooking equipment or, you know, all the back of house stuff. Mm-hmm. That takes up a lot of space. So that um, we're really trying to take inventory of what the client comes to the table with, mm-hmm. um, like physically, uh, yeah. the physical constraints, uh, and then everything else. How can we craft uh, a design um, that's both both beautiful and, and kind of integrates some of their story and their, their cultural aspects. Um, and so uh, for a residential project, for example, like a brand new house, um, we'll typically ask them for a survey. You know, I mean, we're getting mm-hmm. kind of technical here, but a survey of the property so that we know uh, all of the boundaries mm-hmm. and constraints that we're working with. Yeah. So um, and we'll typically share uh, those expectations uh, at the beginning so yeah. that um, the client is not left um, you know they know what they need mm-hmm. to to kind of step up and provide for yeah. us yeah yeah my favorite not my favorite clients but the clients that are um you know who do participate are ones that come with like inspiration images mm. or pictures mm-hmm. of things that they like or things that are reminiscent of their culture yeah. that they want to incorporate into the design and it doesn't mm. have to be like a picture of a space you know it could be like a picture of the beach that they grew up on or mm. things that are nostalgic to them um, because that informs like our color palette, um, the materials that yeah. we pick. So it's, it's all part of the story. Yeah. Um, and so we love like the mood boards when clients say like, okay, this is, I saw this, I really want this, or, you know, this is a picture of my mom's kitchen. Like, yeah. I don't know, make it look nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's two way yeah. street. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times too, we'll also ask, you know, just from a very technical standpoint, we'll ask the clients for a budget. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how much are they willing to? What's their level of comfort with their financial commitment to the project? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of times, especially working with our community, uh, budgets are tight. You know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and and money is tight, and so. Um, but that opens the door up for more creativity. How can we make the best use of the design with the limited resources that yeah. we have? Mm-hmm. Like, how, mm-hmm. how do we make the, m- the biggest visual impact with, like, a very small design budget? Because, you know, in the nitty-gritty of how the costs get breaking up, broken mm-hmm. up, it's usually spent on the construction costs, um, mechanical, mm-hmm. the heating and cooling of the space, electrical, the, all the lights that um, we need, and then plumbing, mm-hmm. and maybe some structural stuff. And then so it leaves like a little bit of money for design yeah. um, and all the finishes. And so we just kind of figure out the ways we can pack the biggest punch with Got what it. we have. Got it. Nice. But it keeps you on your toes too, right? It does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I would love like a project that is, you know, unlimited and funds, oh, and I'm yeah, sure there sure. are clients like – we look at Las Vegas, for example, and yeah. how gaudy all the designs are. Like everything's has a treatment on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then you can't really focus your eyes mm-hmm. on a design. Mm-hmm. Like f- yeah. for our project, like you can kind of figure out Their where moments. we were being very intentional. Yeah. And having kind of like your Instagram moments or your Pinterest moments. So gotcha. that's where we kind of like focus. Got you. That. Got you. I love it, man. I nice. love it. Man, nice. You guys been dropping gems. <laughs> for real. Yeah. It's just flowing. Though. It's just flowing, yeah. man. Um, well, I know you guys are busy as well, but um, before we do get you guys out of here, I always ask every guest this question. Um, what excites you for the future? Like, it could be near, it could be far, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, something that we're super excited for, at least in the immediate future, is our space. And, mm-hmm. how, uh, and, and not just the space for our team, but the space for the community. How can we leverage that and use that as a resource to mm-hmm. both educate the community about... Uh, architecture and design and how impactful that can be, but also uh, to convene uh, certain groups of people or, mm-hmm. or certain uh, create circles of conversation and dialogue around uh, what we can do as designers or, or, you know, even just the average person in your community. Uh, you too can com- contribute to how your your neighborhood is shaped and mm-hmm. formed. And so um, we're trying to uh, get this off the ground, but we love to launch like an event series where we're convening uh, folks of different sectors and different disciplines, uh, oh. folks like yourself. Oh, bro, uh, we got, I got something for you, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> folks yeah. like yourself to, uh, you know, convene in in a space where ideas are shared, uh, goals are shared, um, and um, it's you know we hope to be we hope it's going to be a beautiful yeah. thing. I think for us, in, at least in the near term, is really creating an environment, a city that's really livable for people like us. Yeah. I mean, you always yeah. hear about, like, gentrification, and yeah. um, we're blessed to be able to, you know, be back in the South End. Um, but how do we create, you know, spaces for businesses and in working with the city, having those conversations about commercial affordability is yeah. huge for us. Um, so we definitely want to, you know, be that liaison to have those conversations yeah. between the city, between developers, between contractors, between other designers who really make that footprint and have you know your hands all over the city yeah no, i love it wow. future looks bright mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what's crazy about it is outside of just being good at the work you do you start to realize the responsibility that comes with it right like yeah. even ourselves like it started off just being a show and being a program and then the responsibility kind of kicks in when you're like oh 
okay, well, there's not really many telling right. these stories, right? So um, I'm excited for the future for you guys. It's, it's going to be dope. Definitely, definitely. Um, also, um, where can people contact you guys? Social media, website? Oh, yeah. Feel free to drop those. Yeah. Um, we're pretty active on Instagram um, and Facebook and LinkedIn. So that's at La Union Studio. Um, we also have a website, www.layunionstudio.com. Um, is there anything else? We have a newsletter. So subscribe mm. to our newsletter yes, that we have yes. up and running. We have an intern from the UW who helps us run that. She's awesome, Ari. Oh. And um, yeah, like we mentioned, we'll, we'll have the series hopefully launching in the next couple, maybe a month or so. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, we'd yeah. love to have you guys in our space. Yeah, oh, drop by oh, yeah. our space in, uh, yeah, in Mount yeah. Baker, right by Franklin. Yes. Um, yeah, come visit right, us yeah. and come see the new space. Yes, yep. definitely. Yep. I can't yeah. wait. Definitely. Yeah. I can't wait. Definitely. Um, now, we ask every guest this question to cap things off, and both you guys can answer this. So if you can, what's one word to describe what keeps you on the up and up and why? Ooh. You could explain it. <laughs> I think for me, uh, I'm going to go with culture. Mm. Um, and, and I think culture is a, a, a strong word that um, it's hard to really articulate, right? But you can feel it and you know it when you see it and, and, and uh, when it's around you. And so I wake up every day thinking about how we can uh, not only reflect the culture that's in our communities, but how we can uh, leverage that as, uh, uh, you know, leverage that to shape the neighborhoods that we uh, that we continue to live in, mm. operate in. Yeah. I like that. Mine's tied to that. Um, and I don't know if this is a <laughs> Identity is huge. Mm -hmm. I think it ties into culture, and I think every day um, I myself am getting to know myself. Mm -hmm. um, so that's fun, and that's part of life. And so um, I think understanding who I am and wh where I come from, I think being Filipina-American is very unique and very different. And, mm -hmm. and just going back to the Philippines as an adult, I'm able to see, like, you know, the quantum leap that my parents you know, establish these roots in Seattle and me being a business owner and having the influence that I do have um, is gets me up in the morning. Mm. And I think, you know, what you mentioned about you don't realize the impact you're making until you look back and mm. you're like, oh, my God, I, you know, we help so many businesses yeah, and we design yeah. so many places um, that that identity for myself and also identity for our clients and the people that we engage with, because it's hard being brown and, yeah. you know, brown and black in Seattle. Yeah, you know, right. it's really, yeah. you have to know your community. It's very niche. Yeah. If you just come visit, you're like, Seattle's hella white. Like, yeah. you don't even yeah. know yeah. until <laughs> you, like, find the community and spaces. So um, I hope that we can be kind of that safe and inclusive space mm. um, And as we open up our studio mm. to, to the public and our community. I love it. Nice. I love it. Yeah, man, I'm excited, man. Thank you guys for Thank being you. here. Thank so you so much. Thank um, you guys for having yeah. us. Yeah, no, this, is, this was dope. Um, we wish you wish you guys much success moving forward. Obviously, um, with everything you got coming, you guys support with us here at the Up and Up always as always. well. Yep. Um, and with that being said, I think it's safe to say La Union Studio, Sergio, Sonia are officially members of the Up and Up. Can we get yeah. a round of applause? Thank you. Yeah. Honored to be. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you.
Yo, what up? It's Rubino. And this is DJ Earn. We hope you enjoyed that episode and that now you have a better understanding of what it means to live life on the up and up. To continue supporting the podcast and the entire Up and Up movement, be sure to rate, review, like, and subscribe. As well as follow us at underscore the Up and Up on all social media platforms to stay connected with everything the Up and Up has coming your way. Thanks for listening. And until the next one, keep it on the Up and Up.